thanks for being here. It's great to see everybody. And uh, it's great to be able to get out and gather together as, as we still get uh, the opportunity to do that. And we're going to continue talking about how we can be more like Jesus. And, um, and if you were able to uh, maybe watch, for those of you that are watching online, I want to say welcome also. And uh, if you were able to watch or be here last week, uh, you know that we talked about uh, defending the faith and the reasons and the evidence that we have, the good, solid evidence and reasons for our faith that we do not believe in uh, a fairy tale for grown-ups, if you will, and, and that there are good, solid reasons for why we believe what we believe. And so for us to be more like Jesus, as should always be our goal, and is always something that we are looking at every single week, quite frankly, uh, even when technically this series is done, we're always, and we should, as followers of Jesus, be looking for ways in which we can be daily more like Jesus, understanding why we believe what we believe and knowing that there are solid good reasons and evidence for our faith is, is an important thing. And it's huge. And if you remember, uh, if you did watch last week, if you didn't, one of the things that I mentioned is that virtually every time I get into a conversation with someone about the reasons for faith and I start talking about and having a conversation with somebody about the reasons why I believe what I believe and, and the reason for um, that, that we know that we have good solid evidence uh, for a creator and all of that, inevitably it always leads to sharing the gospel. It always leads to sharing your faith. Um, virtually every single time it leads to evangelism, if you will, and that's a big word that we're going to talk about in, in a couple of minutes. And so today I really want to focus and hone in on sharing your faith and what that really looks like. Um, sharing your faith is something that a lot of people, most people, a lot of believers actually, it freaks them out a little bit. And, uh, and so l let me ask you something. If, if you have maybe uh, tried or, uh, or maybe there's something that you have tried to do, maybe a fear that you've tried to overcome, whether it's something um, like um, you know, rock climbing, or I know Hope went skydiving, um, uh, Hope West, uh, somebody in, in our church, their daughter went uh, skydiving over this past week. I couldn't, I could not imagine that. Um, that's, uh, that, that's an awesome thing, but I know a lot of people that like freaks them out. It's, it's one thing like maybe jumping off this stage, but jumping, you know, 10,000 feet or whatever, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but maybe it's even something like, uh, like riding roller coasters. I was a complete wimp when I was younger and it wasn't until I was like, you know, I want to say I was like 16 or 17 before I actually rode like a grown up roller coaster. And I don't know. And once I did, I kind of got over it, if you will, and realized, wow, this is fun and this isn't that hard. I don't know if skydiving is like that. If, you know, maybe the, the next time maybe gets easier. I don't know. Um, I can't imagine that one. But certainly something like riding a roller coaster, um, at least for me, was something that after, the, after you kind of conquer that a little bit, you're like, all right, yeah, I can, I can do this. And it gets a little bit easier. Maybe there's something like that in your life. Now, let me ask you, if there is something like that, have you ever thought that maybe the exact same principles of that could apply to sharing your faith? Because when it comes to sharing our faith, we freak out a lot of times. You know, we, we can maybe ride the huge roller coaster, we can jump out of a plane or something along those lines, but don't ask me to sit down and share the gospel with somebody. That freaks me out. We get freaked out about that a lot. But let me just say this, that it does get easier the more you share it. It gets easier the more you share it. And so let me ask you this question now. When I say the word evangelism, what comes to mind? 
What's, what's one of the first things that comes to mind? Well, maybe you think about um, uh, somebody like this guy that, that we saw when we were in Louisville a few weeks ago. I have family that lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, we were down there visiting them for a, a couple of days, and we went to this park, um, and there was, a, there was a guy standing right outside of, the, of, of this bridge, this really huge bridge that goes across the Ohio River, um, and he was standing right by a big speaker, and he had a headset on, and he was just praying for people. And he was praying for our country, and he was praying for all this, which we need prayer, absolutely. Um, and, and it was really cool the way that he was doing that, but, you, but you, know, you, you see people on both sides of that. You see people ridiculing him and making fun of him and all of that stuff and, and various things. So maybe you think about somebody like that. Maybe you think about somebody that's you know, the soapbox, if you will, um, person that's standing up and evangelizing like that. Maybe you think about somebody like Billy Graham who is one of the, you know, I, personally, when I think evangelist, I think of a guy like Billy Graham. Um, it just doesn't really get much better than him other than, say, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> you know, you think of somebody like that, and I know that's pretty high praise um, for a man, but boy, Billy Graham, incredible. Have you ever thought about yourself? When I say the word evangelism, did you ever think of you? And if you haven't, let me encourage you that you should. You should think about you because when it comes to evangelism and when it comes to sharing the gospel, you should be thinking about yourself because you have everything you need to share the gospel right now. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have everything you need. We get freaked out because we think we don't, and we're going to get into that here in a couple of minutes, but you should be thinking about yourself because not you are called, all of us as followers of Jesus, are called to share our faith with others. We're all called to do it, and we all have an opportunity, and we all have the knowledge to do it. But we feel like we've got a lack of control. We feel like maybe we're not good enough, that we're not, um, we're not qualified enough. And let me just say, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're qualified enough, right there. You are qualified enough to do it. Um, but you know, the gospel can't be controlled by you anyway. The gospel can't be controlled by you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like, trying, it's like trying to help a lion in a fight. That's what we end up trying to do. You really don't, if, if a lion is getting into a fight, he's not tagging you in and asking you for help. You just let him go. You just open the cage and let him go. And we try to help sometime. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul said about this though, because this is a guy who is considered super Christian, if you will. And he started the church. You know, when you think of evangelists and people that have, have reached tons of people for the gospel, um, you know, with the gospel for the kingdom, this is a guy. And look at what he says about this. This is interesting. He says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you by the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Look at the simplicity of that. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. The Apostle Paul, with weakness and fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Not on human wisdom, but on God's power. What's your biggest fear when it comes to sharing your faith? Think about that for a second. I would say 
most of you and most of you watching at home. If I say that, probably the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, I don't know what to say. Most of us think that. Most of us think, I, I, just, I don't know what to say. And so today, I want to give you a little bit of a, a template, if you will. Not a cookie cutter, because the gospel is not a cookie cutter, but, but I can give you a bit of a template. So that's where we're going to go with this. But, you know, if we aren't careful, we can get in the way of the gospel instead of being a servant of it. See, Paul was scared too. It freaked him out. He was, he was freaked out a little bit. It says he was trembling. But you know what? He relied on the Holy Spirit and he relied on what he knew. So why did he handle it this way? Why did he handle it this way? Well, because he knew that the focus needed to be on Jesus. That's what he said. The focus needs to be on Christ. When we get sidetracked on ourselves and we get sidetracked on our own self-confidence, then suddenly things start, start to turn around. We actually quench the power of the Holy Spirit when we do that. We just need to open the cage and let the gospel do its thing. We need to continue to grow in knowledge and understanding. Absolutely, we need to do that of why we believe what we believe. But God can and will use you to reach someone right where you are with what you know right now. With what you know right now. You know, the disciples... They didn't get a degree in theology before Jesus sent them out. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like Jesus immediately put them to work. If you are a follower of Jesus, you immediately have a story to share. You can immediately share what you know of Jesus because if you have the knowledge to be saved and if you have the faith and if you have put your trust in Jesus to be saved, you can share that. And so I want to take that knowledge and I want to give you a bit of a strategy and a plan because really what we're lacking is not necessarily the words and what to say. What we're lacking is a plan, a how to say it and how to get there. And we make it way too complicated when we think about it. We freak out because of potential rejection, because we don't want to look dumb and all of that. And those are all valid things. Don't get me wrong. But those are also things that the enemy can put in our head and, and because the last thing he wants you to do is share your story and share your faith. And so we want to be more like Jesus. And so let's look at how Jesus shared with others. If we want to be more like him, shouldn't we start with his example? And so I want to read a story to you from the book of John. And I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put it on here because I want you to listen to it as a narrative. I want you to just listen to the story and, and then we're going to analyze it here for just a quick second. And so if you've got your Bible app, you can follow along. We're in John chapter 4. And, uh, and you can follow the notes along. And there are some great things at the end of this message that are in those notes. So I really want to encourage you to pull down those notes if you don't have it on your phone with you, maybe when you get home and all of that. Because um, there are some very, very good practical things that I'm going to give you before we're done here. So let's read this story. And I just want you to listen to the way Jesus handles this. Because every time he shares with someone, he does it differently. But there are some there are some principles that we can learn from as well. So listen to this in John chapter 4. This may be a familiar story to you, but, but I want you to just hear it in one big reading. So here we go. It says, Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. 
The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman, so why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, if anyone, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. But you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now, so you certainly spoke the truth. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is that you, and you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? Well, we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Jezreel, where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. So it goes on to say that she actually went back to the town uh, immediately and began telling people about Jesus right, right after this. She, she immediately goes back to the town. She has this moment, she has this experience, this life-changing moment with Jesus. And the first thing she does is she goes back to the town and starts telling everybody about it. She didn't, she didn't like study up or get a theology degree or any of those kinds of things. She immediately was able to go, I have a story about this man, about Jesus, about the Messiah who changed my life in one conversation. There's some very, very interesting things here, and I want to analyze it for just a second. See, Jesus met her where she was. He met her where she was. And, and when he did that, he used the environment and he used the world around her to help her understand what was going on, to help her understand the truth of God's word. And again, if you look at all of the times that Jesus shared with other people, he did it differently and he customized it to who he was talking to. But there are some, definitely some principles that, that were there that are in here that we can learn from as well. Jesus revealed her sin to her, but he didn't revel in it. Big difference. He revealed the sin. Yes, it's here. It's there, right? He says, I know you're a sinner. We all know that we're sinners. You know you're a sinner. Now, let's move on from there. We pointed it out. It's here. Let's, let's not, we don't need to focus on that forever. Yes, we need to call it out, but we don't need to focus on it. Let's focus on how we get better from it. See, he spoke the truth in love, and the Holy Spirit changed her. That's why Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17 here, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ 
has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. See, Jesus was motivated by love and compassion. And his motivation is you and me. His motivation is people. Because he loves people. You're his favorite. <laughs> He's motivated by you. The reason he went to the cross is because of you. That was his motivation. So let me ask you this. When it comes to sharing your faith, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? Do you even have a motivation for this? You know, the things that we do in life, the things that we do, we have motivations for them. We've got reasons for them, but we're also motivated by those things that we say are important to us. I started running about a year or so ago, partially because I was kind of told to um, in, in terms of like running a relay, but now I, I, I believe it or not, partially kind of like it, but my motivation for it is actually not the um, lack of breathing and immense sweating and all of the pain and stuff that goes through in terms of running. Um, I don't understand the people that are just like, enjoy it, you know, and I'm like, it's not fun when I'm doing it. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I know there's some people that really like it and, you know, praying for you. But the, um, but, but the fact of the matter is after I'm done, like I feel better and my motivation for it, to be honest, is, is to be healthy for my wife and my, and my kids and to stay healthy as long as I can to be able to, you know, play with my kids and stuff in the backyard, to be healthy and, and stuff for my church and for what God's called me to do here and all that, I've got motivation and, and reasons for it. Yeah, I don't like waking up early in the morning and going and running and all of that. But like when I'm done, I'm super glad that I did. And so I've got motivations for it. Maybe there are things in your life that you do that you've got good motivations for it. And so when it comes to sharing your faith though, when it comes to the faith that you have and the hope that we have, what is your motivation? And do you have maybe some motivations for it? You probably haven't thought through this in this way, but let me give you a few examples. Here's some different motivations. These aren't the only ones, but these are some good ones. Maybe it's hearing well done. Now, we're all wired different, right? So some of these things are going to speak to some of us, and some aren't, but maybe it's hearing well done. It talks in the Bible how when we're going to see Jesus one day, that, that he, he will look at, at his servants and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that from Jesus as I stand before him. That would be awesome. That's a great motivation. Maybe it's just obedience, Maybe you're the kind of person that's like, you're a rule person, and you're like, okay, that's the rule. I'm going to stay in that box, and that's the rule. So I'm going to do it, and so I'm going to obey, and I'm going to obey, and that's fine, and that's great, and that's a great reason too. Maybe it's your love for God. I, I love God, and so whatever he's asking me to do because I love the Lord, I'm going to do that for him. I'm going to do that because I love God. Maybe it's the eternal realities. The eternal realities, meaning the, the reality that, people, that people's eternity is at stake. I used to tell my students all the time when I, was, when I was a youth pastor, when you're walking through the halls of your school, I want you to imagine that all of your friends that you're walking through have a stamp on their forehead that says bound for hell because that is an eternal reality. That is the reality that there are a lot of people in this country, in this world, that are, quite frankly, the reality of that, bound for hell. You know the biggest mission field that we have is our public schools? There are over 65,000 public schools that may or may not be meeting, but that's one of the biggest mission fields on the planet. And there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people even that you pass in the grocery stores from six feet away, that I, honestly, it'll change your perspective because you might be 
the only person that is going to share the gospel with that person that you run into. And there are eternal realities there. Maybe your loved ones, people that you're close to, your friends, there are eternal realities there. That's motivation. Maybe it's compassion for the lost. Maybe you just have compassion for people. You just have an evangelistic heart and you just, you just want to see people come to know Jesus. Maybe it's a combination of all of these. Maybe you're like, yeah, I checked the box on all of those. And that's great too. Maybe there's a couple that you're like, eh, it's not so much me, but that's okay. Hey, we're all wired a little bit differently. Maybe there are some that I didn't even put up here. These are just a few that I came up with. Maybe there's some, some other motivations that you have. Let me tell you what motivations aren't good <laughs> uh, so that I can be right and I can win the argument. That's not a good motivation. That's not what last week was about, if you watched that. That's not a good motivation, is to win the argument and to be right. There are some, there are some maybe not good motivations, but there are some, some great motivations for why we should share a faith. And none of these reasons are better than others. Because as I said, we're all wired differently. All of them matter. All of these motivations matter. But let me ask you this. Do you even have motivation? Or do you not care at all? Did you maybe think, eh, I don't even really care if I share my faith with anybody. Because uh, that should bother you. If that was you a few minutes ago. That should bother us. If we don't feel motivated at all, if none of these strike a chord with you, that should bother you. Look at Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is Paul. Known as, a, a, lot of, a lot of people know this as like the thesis verse of Romans, of the entire book of Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So let's get practical for a minute. Let's get practical here. How, how do I share my faith? How do I actually go about sharing my faith? Because it's great to be, to be motivated and all those things, but we need a bit of a plan here, right? Where, where do I begin? Um, if, if we don't have a plan, may not go may not go real well. But, you know, God gives us brains. God gives us common sense. And we're not supposed to just say, well, you just got to believe because that doesn't cut it <laughs> with people. People want to know why, and people also want to hear your story. People need to know why. And you are prepared right now where you're at in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are prepared right now with a way to share your faith, believe it or not. Because people need to know why they believe what they believe. It's one of the reasons why I don't like to do the blanket altar call that maybe you've seen in, in various places. And, and there's a place for that, don't get me wrong. But to just do the blanket altar call, people don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing. People maybe just be praying a prayer and just getting their fire insurance and, and nothing else changes. That's why I would much rather deal with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. That's why literally at the end of every service, I, will, I would love to talk and pray with you individually either down here or out in the lobby or wherever, in, in one of the seats where we can be six feet away and all of that. But that's why that, it's, it's necessary for an actual conversation to happen. There is a time and place for kind of the, the blanket prayer, if you will, but there needs to be follow-up and there needs to be some understanding. And the best way to share the gospel is individually and relationally. We need to build relationships as well. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big part. And so... 
you're prepared to share your faith right here, right now, where you're at. And that might freak you out, but let me just tell you that you have a story. And, and let me give you something very simple because there's, there's, there's two real ways that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you today that you're going to walk out equipped, trained and equipped. That's my calling as a pastor is to train and equip the saints, Ephesians 4, to train and equip for good works, of, for works of, of, of service, for the gospel. So here we go, all right? Training time. This is what I call the before and after factor. The before and after factor. And you're going to remember this, right? It's the before and after factor. How many of you know what an elevator pitch is? Have you ever heard of that before? An elevator pitch? Any, any kind of marketing? This, this is something that, that we talked about in school. So an elevator pitch is basically this. You get 90 seconds in an elevator with Jeff Bezos. That's the CEO of Amazon, all right? And you've got 90 seconds to, to pitch an idea to him for him to invest in or for him to buy in or to just get off at the next floor and go, yeah, you have a good day. You got 90 seconds. Can you sell your product in 90 seconds? Now, I don't want to diminish the gospel to a product that we're selling in 90 seconds. That's not the point, but it's the, the principle behind that idea. What if you only had 90 seconds to share your faith with someone? What if you only had an elevator ride to share your faith with someone and that was, that was the only opportunity you got? Would you be able to do it? Have you ever thought about it? And here's how you can do it. It's the before and after factor. And it starts with this question, what is your story? What is your story? Because you have a story. If you have come to faith in Christ, you have a story. And you might be like what, how I felt when I was about you know, 15, 16. And I know Mikey's talked about this with our students as well, where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, my, I just got a boring story. I don't really have a whole lot. I don't have much of a story. Yes, you do. Don't diminish the gospel. Don't diminish what Jesus has done in your life. If you have a time where you were before you came to Christ, and now you have a time after, you have a story, and that can make a difference in someone's life because that's really all you need, the before and after factor. So what is your story? What was your life like before you came to Christ? What, what was that trigger point for you that led you to put your trust in Christ? So this is the before and after factor. Before, my life before I trusted Christ. My life after I trusted Christ. And then the factor, the faith factors that contributed to my decision to trust in Christ. You just need to share that. You can share that in 90 seconds, possibly. Maybe you need a little bit longer than that. Some of us have longer stories than that. But there's a, there's a way that you can do that, that you can share your faith. That is really the gospel. That's a great place to start, is the before and after factor. Now, is your life after Christ supposed to be picture perfect? A lot of us think that it has to be when we're sharing our faith, that it's got to be that. But, but maybe sharing honestly and authentically, let me encourage you that way, to share honest and authentic about your continuing struggles and your challenges, that you're just you know, a real person as a Christian, it can help those that are listening to your story. It can help people by being just an honest, authentic human being <laughs> when you're sharing your story of what Jesus has done in your life. This is a really great place to start, the before and after factor. But let me give you an even bigger one. Maybe, maybe not bigger, but a little, more, uh, a little more into it than that. And, and this next way that I'm going to share with you all, that you're all going to really kind of learn before we leave, and, and a lot of you, I think, already know it, um, this incorporates everything, including some theology, when it goes into really the why behind the what, because this is a great place to start if you've only got a short amount of time to share your story with someone. 
But there's more to it than that. And if you get the opportunity to sit down with somebody, let me encourage you to share the gospel. Life in six words is, an, is another way that we put it. This word gospel, it means good news, but this acrostic of G-O-S-P-E-L is a fantastic way to share your faith. Again, this isn't a cookie cutter. This is a template because this is customized to the person you're talking to and the way in which you're sharing with them just like Jesus did. And if you go through this, you will be able to share the good news of Jesus from beginning to end. A lot of our students in here have already gone through this. And so I want to take all of us through it because the G-O-S-P-E-L stands for this. God, our sins, paying everyone life. It's life in six words. Say it with me. God, our sins, paying everyone life. That was pretty weak. Let's do it again. God, our sins, paying everyone life. That's the whole gospel. And I'm going to walk you through every bit of it. Um, just, just for a quick minute. It doesn't take long. But man, it can be customized to any conversation that you have. God, our sins, paying everyone life. So what do each one of these mean? Here's all of them as they are and, and with, the, with the full thing in it. And we're going to go over each one of them. So here's the first one. God. God created us to be with him. Every one of these are backed by scripture. So God created us to be with him. That's the first one. Psalm 103 talks about that. Next, O, G-O-O, our, our sins separate us from God. That's the second one. Any students that are here that know this, you can feel free to shout it out. A few months ago, we actually had a training conference here for our students that Mikey led that's, um, that's called Dare to Share, and they, and they share this, and I've been using this for years, this acrostic. It's fantastic. Even though it's for students, it doesn't mean it doesn't apply to adults because all of us need to know how to share our faith. So, oh, our sins separate us from God. That's Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. S, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. We can't remove our sins. Isaiah 64.6 talks about that. P, paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. So that's the P, God our sins paying. Jesus paid the price for our sins. He died and rose again. Romans 5.8 talks about that. E, everyone, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Everyone means everyone, by the way. That's, uh, that's not any kind of like wordplay. It really means everyone. John 3.16, you know, it's the gospel in one verse. If you read through the gospel, um, through that verse, it's all of the good news all in one verse. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And then L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Yeah, I heard a couple, heard a couple people saying it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's awesome. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever, John 17, 3. And this is, an, this is an incredible acrostic that will help you share your faith. And so here's all of them, if you see all of them. And let me give you a little, like, peek behind the curtain for just a second. Some of you realize this, some of you don't. You have heard this acrostic every single Sunday that I have preached. You have heard it every single Sunday. If you've been here since day one, you have heard it every Sunday because every single Sunday I will share the gospel and give an opportunity for the gospel to move forward every single week. I end every service. And I do it different every time, but essentially this, these are my bullet points because nothing matters more than the eternal realities and sharing the gospel. It's what we're called to do. Nothing matters more than this. And there's two reasons why I do it. 
why, why I use this. Number one, it's a great template to go from because it's giving you the gospel from beginning to end. But number two, it's also, believe it or not, training the church to hear the gospel and share the gospel. And when you get into conversations with people, you'd be amazed how much of some of these things that you hear all the time, and you're like, oh, here he goes again. But you know what? You're getting it in your head, and you're going to be able to share it, and you're going to be able to share it with somebody. What's more important than this? What's more important than this? So I think this is an important thing for all of us to learn and to memorize and to know It's so important, and it gives you such a great template to be able to share your faith with people. We're going to make this available online. It's it's actually already on our website right now, connectchurch.xyz slash share. You can find this. I'll be putting it in an email out to everyone as well, and, and there'll be some things on social, so be sure to keep up with that. If you're on the email list, if you're not, um, we need to get you on the email list so that, you can, uh, so that you can receive those emails. Save this event on your Bible app. I don't know if you knew that, but as, as you're looking through the events on the Bible app and you follow along with me every week, you could actually save the notes right there. There's a button in the top right that will allow you to save it to your account so you can go back and use this. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you with this, and I want to challenge you with the gospel as, as we're closing here to, to not only memorize this, but I want to challenge you to pray for a divine appointment this week. I want to challenge you to pray that God will put somebody in your path that you can share the gospel with this week. You at home as well, pray that God, and this is a dangerous prayer. I'll be straight up with you. This is a dangerous prayer because if you pray this, I'm telling you, God will put someone in your path that you can share the gospel with. It may be online. It may even be in person. It may be in an elevator. But pray that God will put somebody in your life that needs to hear the gospel and you can use this acrostic to share the gospel with someone. And it works. It takes you through the entire thing. And again, you've heard it multiple times if you've been here. But I want to challenge you to pray for that this week. And that's why my connection point for the week is this. Reach out. Don't freak out. (laughs) Reach out. Don't freak out. We freak out when it comes to sharing our faith. We get into conversations with people and the enemy tries to pull us away and tries to get in our head and make us think other things. But you know what? If we are going to do what we're called to do as the church, we can't freak out. We need to reach out to a hurting world that is looking for hope and is looking for good news because every bit of news I look at, I don't know about you, but just about every bit of news that I look at seems to be bad news or discouraging news or disappointing news. But we have the best news. We have the best news filled with the most amount of hope possible. And this world is freaking out. And the church needs to be reaching out, not freaking out. Our mission is to fill the streets of heaven, not the seats of a building. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see every seat in here full. But if we're focused on filling the streets of heaven, guess what the residual impact of that will be? every seat will be full. But we need to focus on filling the streets of heaven, people. And sharing the gospel is where it begins. And we need to reach out, not freak out. And so I want to give you an exact example of how to share the gospel that you've heard probably every week. And some of you have been here and you've heard it. Some of you, maybe this will be the first time that you've heard it actually used, but this can be customized 
and used in every conversation that you, that you can have with people and with anyone. And maybe someone online you're watching right now and, and, you, and you need the hope of Jesus. You, you are looking for some good news. Well, let me give you the best news ever. It's that God, there is a God that loves you and he created you to be with him, to be in a relationship with, with him. Going all the way back to the garden, God created you to be with him. He loves you so much and there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. But our sin got in the way. Adam and Eve messed it up. And the sin separated us from God separated us because God is a holy God and he can't be around sin. And so the sin that we have in our life, it separates us from him. And our sins can't be removed by the good things that we do. We can't get rid of our sin. We can't clean ourselves enough. We can't scrub ourselves enough to get the sin away. There's nothing you can do to make up for it. There's nothing that I can do to make up for it. And I think everybody would admit that they're a sinner. I don't think there's anybody that would admit that they're perfect. And so we've got sins in our life and it only takes one sin to keep us separated from God and all of us have, have blown it there. And so we needed a perfect sacrifice to, to save us, to, to get rid of our sins, to cover our sins. And that's what Jesus did. He paid the price for our sins, paying the price for our sins. Jesus, he died and he rose again for you and for me because there was nothing I could do to get rid of my sin. He paid the price. He paid the price, he died, and he rose again. And he did that for everyone, for every single person and everyone. And everyone means everyone, as I said before, who puts their trust in him and him alone, in Jesus alone, will have eternal life. And that life with Jesus can start right now and that lasts forever. And that's the gospel. That's the whole gospel. And the way that you put your trust in Jesus, there's no cookie cutter way to do that. It's a transfer of trust from your head and your heart to your heart, to him. You put your trust in that chair when you sat down in that chair today and you didn't even think about it, but you put all your trust in that chair. We need to put even more trust in our eternity and our heavenly father because there's nothing we can do to earn it or deserve it. And that's the gospel. And that's how you can share the gospel with the G-O-S-P-E-L. And maybe if you're here or you're watching online and you've never heard the full gospel completely and you've not made that decision and you want to know for 100% sure that you can go to heaven, well, I just told you about it. I just told you how. You can bow your head right where you are, but I would much rather talk with you and pray with you. And we can do that either down here or out there or wherever so that you can know for 100% sure that you'll be with Jesus in heaven one day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, God, for your love. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the challenge that you've given us Lord, for the, the trust that you've actually put in us to share your gospel, to share your good news. And Father, I pray that we would reach out. We wouldn't freak out because there is a, a world around us that needs the church to be the church and to give the good news and the hope of you. 
And Lord, we're the vehicle that you've chosen to use to do that. So God, I pray that you would empower us to be able to do that, that you would um, remind us that we have the knowledge already, that we have the ability already to share your good news with the world around us, with those that are hurting, with those that, that need you. And so God, I pray that you would use us in a mighty and powerful way. And so Lord, I pray for two things this morning. Lord, one, I pray that if there is someone that's here or someone that's watching at home, that, they, that maybe they don't know you as Savior. Lord, that today maybe it made sense for the first time and that they would, they would pray and they would ask you to be the Lord of their life. Lord, that they would ask you to come into their life and save them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just do a powerful work there. And then, Lord, I pray that you would uh, challenge the rest of us. God, we do just pray for a divine appointment. I pray that each and every one of us would have an opportunity in the next seven days to share our faith with someone. Lord, we want to fill the streets of heaven. And you want to use us to do that. So, God, I do just pray for a divine appointment for each and every one of us. Lord, take us, use us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.